Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you're enjoying your day as much as I am currently right now. I have to admit, it finally sounds like the market is finally admitting that we are now in a bear market currently right now. At least the news, is, it seems like it's finally reporting it that way. But we'll still need to keep looking at it to see if it actually is really happening. Like I've been saying for a while, I firmly believe we've been in a bear market for a while. But we've got to keep looking at these articles to figure out where we actually are at currently. First things first, we're going to be talking about today how natural gas plummets as Freeport delays facility restarts following explosion. Wholesale's prices actually rose 10.8% in May, near a record annual pace. Okay, Elon Musk, a little bit more information recently. We talked about SpaceX a little bit. Elon Musk today is saying that SpaceX will have Starship ready to fly in July amid FAA work. And finally, there's some layoffs that are happening both in Coinbase and with firms like Compass and Redfin. And we're going to be able to talk about those things a little bit more later in this podcast. With that being said, as I always say at the beginning of each podcast, I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. Please do your own research before making any financial decisions as or go talk to your financial advisor as they would understand your financial situation in, in a better way than I would currently. I am not a financial advisor. I cannot give you financial advice. I am for entertainment purposes only, and I'm just a podcaster. With that being said, guys, let's begin with today's episode. First off, natural gas plummets as Freeport delays facility restart following explosion. Natural gas prices plunged on Tuesday after Freeport said its facility had a fire last week likely won't be back up and running soon. Uh, completion of all necessary repairs and, re and a return to a full plant operations is not expected until late 2022. The company said Tuesday in a statement, the facility located in Quintana Island, Texas, had an explosion last Wednesday. Given the relatively contained area of the facility, physical impact by the incident, a resumption of partial operations is targeted to be achieved in approximately 90 days, Freeport said. U.S. natural gas fell about 16% to $7.22 per million British Thermal Units, or MMBTU. Quote, the natural gas market will now be temporarily oversupplied as 2BCF slash D, or a little over 2% of demand for U.S. natural gas has been abruptly eliminated, said Rob Thummel, Managing Director at uh, tortoise capital. U.S. natural gas supply will likely remain at current levels as producers won't reduce production by 2 BCF slash D. The result is oversupplied U.S. natural gas market, he added. Freeport's operation is roughly 17% of U.S. Freeport processing capacity. Despite Tuesday's drop in natural gas prices are still up 93% since the start of the year, demand has rebounded as worldwide economies emerge from the pandemic while supply has remained constrained. Russia's invasion of Ukraine upended the market that was already tight as Europe looked to move away from Russia energy. Record amounts of U.S. LNG are now headed to the continent. Surging prices are adding to infl inflationary price pressures across the economy. Drivers are already grappling with record prices at the pump with natural average for a gallon of gas topping $5 over the weekend. And now the utility bills are also set to rise. 
Natural gas price surging above $9 or MMBTU in May, hitting the highest level since August of 2008. After the explosion at Freeport facility last week, the company initially said the plant would be shut for several weeks. The, quote, the incident occurred in the pipe racks that, su that support the transfer of LNG from the facility, LNG storage tanks, area to the terminal dock facilities. The company said Tuesday, none of the liquefaction trains, LNG storage tanks, dock facilities, or LNG process areas were impacted, the company added. It's good to know that at least, well, it won't be affected by that much. I'm also surprised the media isn't trying to make this bigger than it really is. I mean, 2% of natural gas now in the United States is going to be pretty much gone for the time being. But I do expect things to bounce back quickly. Because, I mean, Freeport wants to make money. So they're going to be able to do things as fast as they can. And maybe if Freeport stock gets hit a little bit, maybe that's a good buying opportunity potentially. Maybe at the same time too, maybe if they report in their next earnings being like, oh, it's because of the explosion that happened when they don't meet their earnings report, then that could be a potential buying opportunity if you guys are thinking about it. I mean, I'm not I'm not giving financial advice, obviously, but it's going to be interesting to see how Freeport does with their stock. If I don't even know if Freeport is technically publicly traded currently. I believe they are, but it, it's just good to know what's happening in the gas market since stinking oil is above $5 a gallon across the United States right now, or at least gas, I mean, not oil. But it's good to see that things will hopefully bounce back a little bit sooner since it only affects 2% of the market currently right now. So take a, take a deep breath, guys. Not all gas is being affected currently, at least hopefully not yet. On to the next news. Wholesale prices rose 10.8% in May, near a record annual pace. Woohoo, Whole Foods. Wholesale, I mean, correction, wholesale, I mean, not wholesale, whole, whole foods, I mean. Wholesale prices rose as brisk pace in May as inflation pressures mounted on the U.S. economy, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported Tuesday. The producer price index, a measure of prices paid to producers of goods and services, rose 0.8% for the month of month and 10.8% over the past year. The monthly rise was in line with the Dow Jones estimates that the doubling of the 0.4% pace in April, excluding food, energy, and trade so-called Core PPI rose 0.5% on the month, slightly below the 0.6 estimate, but an increase from the 0.4% reading in previous months. On a year-over-year -year basis, the core measures was up 6.8%, matching April's gains. The two PPI measures remained near its historic highs, 11.5% for headline and 7.1% for core, both hit in March. The data is significant in the prices at the wholesale level feed through to consumer prices that are running at the highest level since December of 1981. For those of you who are older, I'm curious to know how you're feeling about this current situation right now, because it's the highest it's been since December of 1981. How does it feel to be a long, to be around in the United States to know that you're witnessing 1980s happen again? I guess if you want to leave a comment down in the, you could, your choice, but I'm interested to know what you guys have to say. Continuing on, the consumer price index increased 8.6% annually in May, defying hopes that inflation had peaked in the spring. Federal Reserve officials are watching the inflation numbers closely. Markets now expect the central bank to raise benchmark short-term borrowing rates by 75 basis points when their two-day meeting concludes Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday cannot come soon enough. And why does something tell me that they might actually increase it a little bit more? 
Continuing on with the article, for wholesale prices, energy made up much of May gains. The index for final demand energy rose 5% on the month, part of a 1.4% surge in the final demand goods. The good service imbalance has been at the core of the inflation pressure as consumer demand has shifted strongly in an economy that generally is more dependent on services. Within the, within the energy gain, gasoline rose 8.4%, while multiple other fuel categories pushed higher as well. The service index advanced 0.4%, with the transportation and warehousing services responsible for more than half the gain. The increases were softened by the decline in fuels, the lubricant, portfolio management, and guest room rentals. Stock market futures pointed to a rebound following the release. Government bond yields pushed after massive gains Monday, with the benchmark 10-year note most recently yielding at 3.32%. Oh, prices are going to keep rising. They are. <clears throat> I'm still curious to know when food is really going to start skyrocketing and when people have to start taking notice. And when people start taking notice that they can't buy as much anymore, what are the people going to do? I mean, I don't think this inflation thing is done just yet. There's no way it's done. I mean, they printed so much money for so long and they keep printing more money. So we need to keep an eye out. I mean, I'm curious to know if eventually they stop reporting wholesale prices in the economy or maybe they just take the wholesale articles and they'll just bury it deep within news cycle so that no one pays attention to it sorry cnbc we'll continue looking at it because we want to know what's going on around here because we study the market here as much as we can here on stock market podcasts or stock market observation as it's called so we're gonna have to keep an eye out for this guys it's I just, I'm losing words right now of what to say currently with just how this is happening currently. And I'm also curious to know if when people get older, if they're going to realize the mistakes they've made in the past that have caused some of this stuff to happen. Continue on in the investing in space category from CNBC. Elon Musk says SpaceX will have Starship ready to fly in July amid FAA work. Now, yesterday, we, in yesterday's podcast, we talked a little bit about how Elon Musk was or not Elon Musk, but Starlink or Starship, Starship, I believe it was. Starship was on the verge of being able to get the green light to go through from the FAA. They just had to go through some regulatory things. One of those was making sure that the beaches were clean from hazardous material, making sure that there was at least not as loud of noise when the rockets were being taken off. So it's good to see that now this article's come out a day after when we had just read about it. Listen to yesterday's podcast, in fact, if you want to be able to get a more in-depth detail of what happened with yesterday. But today, we're going to be talking about what's going on with SpaceX. SpaceX is closing in on the next major milestone in its spaceship rocket development. As the company works to compete environmental impact requirements outlined this week by the Federal Aviation Administration. Elon Musk on Tuesday said the company will have a Starship prototype rocket ready to fly by July, with the space venture aiming to reach orbit with the vehicle for the first time. SpaceX has hoped to conduct the Starship, Starship orbital flight test as early as next summer, but delays in the development process and regulatory approval steadily pushed back the timeline. The FAA made a critical environment decision Monday that concluded a long-awaited assessment of the program. SpaceX needs to fulfill more than 75 of its agents' actions before applying for the launch license required for the flight test. Musk said in a series of tweets that he spent time at SpaceX facility in Boca Chica, Texas, on Monday evening, reviewing progress on the rocket, he added that the company will have a second Starship starship stacked ready to fly in August and aims to conduct flights monthly thereafter. The company is developing a nearly a 400-foot-tall reusable Starship rocket with the goal of carrying cargo and people beyond Earth. 
The rocket and its super heavy boosters are powerful by SpaceX Raptor series of engines. SpaceX has completed multiple high altitude flight tests with Starship prototypes yet, um, but it has yet reached space. Good for you, Elon. Keep doing what you need to do. Because if things keep getting as bad as they are, keep going down here, maybe people are going to want to flee. Maybe they're going to go to Mars. Start a new life in Mars. I mean, in a way, it's becoming the new idea of like the new adventure in this world. Back in the old days, it used to be coming over the ocean from Europe or Asia countries or from Africa to the new world. And at least for the longest time, the United States was that opportunity of freedom. But I, who knows what, I'm not saying Elon's going to be able to get us to Mars, but maybe that's why Elon's working so hard. Just as a side joke, I guess. He's trying to make sure that we can get, escape this reality we're facing potentially. But it seems like Elon is going to be able to get things approved faster. Making sure that it's not super loud when he's launching his rockets. I still think that's hilarious that the FAA is saying like noise requirements is one reason why you can't launch rockets just yet. I mean, come on, you're launching rockets into the sky for crying out loud. Final two things. Layoffs are happening. And this is a more serious note, obviously, in this podcast. I've been saying for a while that layoffs would be an idea of what's happening in the economy. And now it's kind of happening a little bit more and one step at a time each time. Okay. First, talk about real estate. Real estate firms Compass and Redfin announced layoffs as housing market slows. Real estate firms Redfin and Compass are laying off workers as mortgage rates rise sharply and home sales drop. In filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission, Compass announced a 10% cut to its workforce and Redfin announced an 8% cut. Shares of both companies fell Tuesday. Redfin stock touched a new 52-week low. Rising rates and overheated home prices, which are now over 20% from a year ago, according to various surveys, have crushed affordability. Home sales have been dropping for several straight months and the fall is expected to worsen. Mortgage demand has fallen to its lowest level in over two decades. Rates have taken off since the start of the year, rising from 3.29% in early January to 6.28% now, according to Mortgage News Daily. Rates shot up more than a half percentage point in just the past three days as concern over inflation hit the bond market. Quote, due to clear signals of slowing economic growth, we've taken a number of measures to safeguard our business and reduce costs, including pausing expansion efforts and the difficult decision to reduce the size of our employee team by approximately 10%. A Compass spokesman said the Redfin filing had an attached from a CEO, Glenn Klinman, who writes a regular blog on the company's website. In the blog post Tuesday, Klinman wrote, quote, with May demand 17% below expectations, we don't have enough work for our agents and support staff and fewer sales leave us with less money for headquarters projects. Let's read that quote one more time from this from the CEO. With May demand 17% below expectations, we don't have enough work for our agents and support staff and fewer sales leave us with less money for headquarter projects. We've talked about the housing market recently on this podcast. I believe it was last week or earlier this week. It's hard to remember. But we have talked about how millennials and Gen Zers want to buy homes. But one of the biggest reasons they're not buying homes is they can't afford it. Okay. And we just read how home prices have gone up by 20% from a year ago. Okay. No one can afford buying homes right now. My personal opinion, the housing market might crash again. Just because no one can buy homes. There's going to be too much demand. I mean, not too much demand, too much supply, not enough demand, I guess. 
or maybe vice versa. I don't know. My brain's kind of scattered over the place right now. But the fact that they're saying that there's not enough work for their agents and they have to lay people off, that's a scary thought right there. How much longer till other companies have to start laying off people as well? Because there's not enough work. We're going to be in a world of hurt soon, I guess. Kelman went on to say, with the mortgage rates increasing faster than at any point in history, quote, we could be facing not months, a fewer home sales, and Redfin still plans to thrive. If falling from 97 per share to $8 doesn't put a company company through heck, I don't know what does. I mean, for crying out loud, the signs are there. And no one's talking about this at times. It just seems like no one really cares that stuff like this is happening. Laying off 10% and 8% of workforce in two different companies. That's not even the scary news, okay? Now, whether or not you believe uh, in the future of cryptocurrency, let's say you do, okay? This should be some cause for concern, okay? Because this ties in with what's happening in real estate too. From the crypto world. Coinbase lays off 18% of workforce as executives prepare for recession and crypto winter. Bitcoin just dropped below 24,000, I believe, for the first time in in a very while, a very long time. Okay. From CNBC, Coinbase is laying off almost a fifth of its workforce amid a collapse in its stock and crypto prices. A cryptocurrency exchange will cut 18% of full-time jobs, according to an email sent to employees Tuesday morning. Coinbase has a roughly 5,000 full-time workers, translating to a headcount reduction of around 1,100 people. Shares of Coinbase were down 0.75% at 12.15 Eastern time on Tuesday. CEO Brian Armstrong pointed to a possible recession and a need to manage Coinbase burn rate and increase efficiency. He also said the company grew too quickly during the bull market. I don't believe they grew too quickly. I believe if they did grow too quickly, I think they weren't preparing for anything. That's the problem with startups a lot of times is it seems like they burn through a lot of cash way too fast. And when they do burn through a lot of cash, they don't prepare for the rainy days that come ahead. Continuing on with an article with a quote uh, from, I believe it's from Brian Armstrong, quote, we believe to be entering a recession after a 10 plus year economic boom. Yeah, I don't believe it's a 10 year economic boom. I think... I personally think from 2011 until about 2016, it really was an economic boom at all. Okay. I mean, I believe it was in 2018 or 19. I think it was, I made the most money I ever made in my life. And before that, I pretty much wasn't making a lot of money. So I don't believe that it's a, it was an economic boom for the last 10 years. It might have been an artificial ar- economic boom. I still believe that. But I don't believe it was a 10-year economic boom. Continuing on with the quote, a recession could lead to another crypto winter that could last for an extended period. I'm just saying in an email adding that the past crypto winters have resulted in significant decline in trading activity. Quote, while it's hard to predict the economy or the markets, we've always planned for the worst and we can operate the business through any environment. Continuing on the article, Coinbase has initially said it was pausing hiring two weeks later. Correction, Coinbase had initially said it was pausing hiring. Two weeks later, the crypto giant announced that it was extending the freeze for a foreseeable future. Earlier this year, Coinbase said it planned to add 2,000 jobs across product, engineering, and design. Quote, our employee costs are too high, too effective. Manage this uncertain market, Armstrong said. 
while we tried our best to get this just right in the case of it's now clear to me we we've overhired the news comes during a deep round of coinbase shares the stock went public via a direct listing last april during a boom in crypto markets and investors clamoring for high growth tech stocks coinbase shares are down 79 percent this year and 85 percent from the all-time high Meanwhile, Bitcoin has dropped to a near 22,000 and has lost 53% of its value this year. San Francisco-based Coinbase reported a slump in users in its last quarter, a 25% decline in revenue from a year ago. The company gets a majority of its top line from transaction fees, which are close tied to trading activity. President Chief Operating Officer Emily Colt, correction, Emily Choi, called it a very difficult decision for Coinbase. But given the economic backdrop, she said, felt like the most prudent thing to do right now. Affected employees received a notification from human resources. If so, the, meme, the memo was sent to a personal email as Coinbase cut off access to the company's system. Armstrong called it the only practical choice given the number of employees with access to customer information and a way to ensure not even a single person could rash decision that harmed the business or themselves. Coinbase employees have access to a talent hub to find new jobs in the industry, including Coinbase Ventures Portfolios companies. Choi said Coinbase would still be doubling down on areas like security and compliance and maybe reorienting employees to near-term revenue drivers. Quote, if there are any cut cuts to new product areas, it's going to be more around the experimental venture areas that we still that we're still very bullish on, but that we don't want to invest in this part of the cycle, Choi told CNBC in an interview at the company's headquarters. I'm just gonna call it again. I think we're in a recession. I think more layoffs are about ready to happen even more. Okay, think about it. Microsoft is trying to prevent more hiring, saying let's hire more strategically. We just read about Coinbase laying off 18% of its workers. And now real estate laying off their workers in two companies. And I think if I'm not mistaken, even Jamie Dimon from JP Morgan Chase virtually said the same thing. Get ready for some hard times soon, people. Potentially, okay? And I only say potentially because maybe I'm completely wrong and the market completely rebounds tomorrow, okay? But the signs are there. People are getting laid off. And if people are getting laid off, that means companies' budgets are super tight right now, which also means there might be companies going under. There also might be companies that will start from this because of this quote-unquote recession. New companies start all the time. And especially, I mean, Robert Kiyosaki says it all the time. He says, some companies tend to start during a recession because a lot of people have nothing to lose after that point. They've already lost everything. I'm curious to know what companies do arise from the ashes of this economy if it really is collapsing. But at the end of the day, I I think it's here. We're probably going to read soon about more layoffs across the nation. I mean... When, re- when layoffs happen in retail, for the most part, that to me is usually like, oh, it's the end of the holiday season. But we're in June right now. And layoffs are happening now in these major companies. I guess if I read an article that says Apple's laying off people, that would be a huge red flag that a recession's here. It's hard to tell. And we're just going to keep an eye on this continue to keep an eye, see if there's any more layoffs going forward. And we'll continue to report it here on this podcast when the time comes. But people, I'm just suggest start getting ready. If you haven't been, potential hard times are coming. Hang in there though, people. We will bounce back from this, hopefully. I believe we will. It just will take time. 
Thank you, take, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it, and I hope you've enjoyed the information that's being shared since not all the time information like this is shared across Wall Street in general because they like to make this idea that the world is always perfect in every way, shape, or form. With that being said, guys, we'd like to be able to help continue to grow this podcast, and I ask that you please like and share this podcast and share it with friends or family so that we can be able to keep talking about what's happening in the market so that people are informed about what's happening on this podcast. Think about it, if we keep sharing it and we'll be able to keep growing this podcast, we'll be able to potentially grow this podcast to become even bigger. And maybe we can talk more about other stuff that's happening in the news as well. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Thank you and goodbye.